Hello and welcome to the MobiCast. I'm Eric Dick, Director of Marketing at GoToMobi, and today I have with me Hank Blank. Hank is a 25-year advertising professional at some of the largest advertising agencies working on some of the world's leading brands, including McDonald's, Kellogg's, Labatt's, Warner, Lambert, Domino's, and Century 21. Welcome to the MobiCast, Hank. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah, it's great to have you here. So t tell us a little bit about, uh, tell us a little bit more about your background, where you came from and what you're doing now. So I started my career in Toronto. I'm Canadian, but I took Good a Berlitz. Yeah, I took a Berlitz course. So I, I, I won't say, you know, A and all that stuff unless I want to, you know, process. I might okay. talk about process. And uh, so I worked on McDonald's, extremely fortunate to do that, you know. Those were the days when people liked McDonald's. <laughs> what was the catchphrase back then? Do you remember? Oh, uh, two all beef patties, you know. Nice. Well, I remember that for the Big Mac, you know. And, uh, you know, and Burger King was have it your way. And so I worked on that. Um, and, it, you know, it was, you know, McDonald's then in Canada had 300 stores, 350, you know, so much different and now. Uh, and uh, then I worked for J. Walter Thompson for 10 years in Toronto and Chicago. Now, Chicago was a total different trip because it was 700 people in that office. So working in an office with 700 agency people is quite the experience. <laughs> I bet. And quite the, when you have six floors of creative people, you know, if you, if you think you're going to get somebody to do something with an inner office memo, you're wrong. And uh, and then I ran the National Domino's Pizza business. And uh, when I was a puppy, I sat on a beach in Laguna Beach, said I want to live here when I was in Canada and didn't even know anybody in advertising. Now I live three miles away from Laguna Beach, so I feel pretty lucky about that. And uh, I've been doing my own thing for the last 10 years, and I'm marketing consultant. And I... Um, and, uh, you know what, what I do varies depending on the, uh, the economy and depends on, uh, and it's all based on my network. My network is what provides my paycheck <laughs> because I'm paying myself, you know, so it's kind of ironic. Uh, so that's what I do right now. I'm a consultant, so I, I work on, you know, I'm working with a company in Argentina that I met through speaking that has 60 developers down there. I help, you know, agency clients with agency reviews when they come up. I work with agencies. Increasingly, as digital talent is getting increasingly hard to find, clients even use me to find people like SEO strategists, web analytics people, you know, programmers, just the people that are in high demand for on both the client and agency side. So that's what I'm doing now because clients and agencies are in many ways competitors. And the way they compete is they compete for the same type of people. Yes, we do. We're, we're about to be doing some hiring ourselves here. And so we're working with some recruiters and we have, uh, we have some high goals. So maybe we can talk about that uh, after the, the MobiCast here. But uh, this was a question I had towards the end, but it really feeds into what you're saying. You're, you're now um, an independent contractor. And one of the reasons that I <clears throat> noticed you and wanted to talk with you and meet you was your high degree of personal branding. 
you pass out your cards that say Hank Blank. That's such a, 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 a grab it, attention-grabbing name. You've got your fedora on, your stylish man. Uh, how important is your own personal brand to the success that you've had, especially in this uh, later part of your career as an independent contractor? I, I think it's been key. You know, my birth certificate, it says Henry Blank. When I worked in the corporate world, that's what I had on my business card. But a lot of people call me Hank, you know, because it's the short form. And uh, and so when I did my own business, I had Hank Blank cards in four days. The back has never changed, where it's blank, it says blank card. Well, it doesn't say card, it's just blank on the back of a card. But the front has changed as we've changed, as technology changes. And, uh, and your brand extends to how you look, what you're wearing, you know, uh, uh, and your uniqueness, and now your brand extends online. And right now, what I, you know, I, I speak about often is it, today. It's not about it's getting found. That's key. You know, you can send boxes to strangers all day long, or or resumes to companies and say, "Look at me." Mm, low probability of getting anything back. The high probability, but it takes time and investment, is uh, building an online presence so you uh, people find you. And then when people find you, you look smart because you have a lot of content. You basically, what you're doing is you're putting your thought leadership out there. So brand is incredibly important to me. And since I'm a brand, <laughs> you know what, in my social media, I never Twitter any litter. I never say I'm late at an airport. I use Twitter as a distribution vehicle. You know, my personal Facebook, I can put, hey, this is a restaurant I went to, but never anything that is my personal brand. That's all going to be thought leadership. That's all going to be useful, helpful information, hopefully, for people. Now that's uh, interesting. I'm, I'm someone who uses uh, social media fairly regularly, but I'm probably not as... Uh, conscious of my brand as maybe in years down the road I'll look back and wish I was uh, mostly my social media feed right now is pictures of my 19 month old daughter uh, so well, hopefully no one would begrudge me that except maybe her when she's older and she'll say why did you post so many pictures of me well but, uh, you, it's definitely something to keep in mind you you put your time where your priorities are and that's a good priority because I could tell you that you know, my daughter's older than you, but she still likes to see her pictures when she was a year and a half old, right? And she and uh, she want and she knows where Goodnight Moon is on the shelf, and you know, even though she hasn't read it for a long time, you know. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, those things are important. That's nice to hear. Okay, well, so we are the MobyCast, so we are, uh, you know, go to Moby's a mobile marketing company. Um, so you, you say you do agency reviews. You're still pretty immersed uh, in the agency world. How do you say? How would you say that agencies are handling the mobile advertising revolution? I don't think very well. I see some early adopters. I see, you know, what I would call the scouts or the frontiersmen. You know that they're out there, and some of them are mobile agencies that are small. But I've never been in a, in a, you know, people may talk about mobile, but they'll throw it, they'll throw it in as a word. And I've never seen any, and then I'm doing a review, an agency going actually and saying, well, this is what you should be doing. And this is what the delivery would look like. You know, they might show you a delivery 
uh, in the terms of uh, to look for a website or a delivery in terms of a positioning line or a delivery in other ways, you know, commercials, radio commercials, you know, email marketing things, direct mail, but rarely ever do I see it. Um, uh, and then, you know, you have to segment agencies too because it's really surprising there are many, many agencies, and this is the 26th year of the internet, that digital is a very small proportion of their business. <clears throat> and that's because it's not that they're not native to it, it's just because they don't know it that well. And uh, and I think digital agencies that you know, are, grew up with a, a new technology are much more open to mobile and probably think about it more and probably have some ways to develop it, but you know that if, if uh, that there there would be for me the first opportunity versus blanket agencies would be to focus on the digital, obviously the digital interactive agencies. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's yeah. what I would. But I, you know, I think everybody, you know, like we were talking, I think everybody knows the stats about how mobile is growing and. You know, forty-five percent of all views are on of the internet on, on on mobile devices. That could be globally because you know, taking other countries, they, that's the way they do. You know, they don't have desktops; they just have a phone, right? And, yeah, and, we, I, and, I've talked about that on previous podcasts in in parts of South America where they've had phones for for a decade now or more, and and they've just been they've just become so instrumental. And you're right; they don't have uh, desktops. They they do yeah. everything through these mobile devices. Yeah, but I, I, I go to, I've been to Argentina nine times, and they're not, even if they have smartphones, they're not on that leash. They're culturally, they don't they don't gather together for people and, and say, well, here, kids, here's your pads to keep you quiet. And while we're, well, we're not going to talk, we're just going to be on our devices. Doesn't happen in that, in that country. But you're right, they have... Uh, they they mobile is key you know that's your computer strapped to your you know to the side of your uh, to, on your belt you know that's what it is that's a really interesting point about the they're not they're not tied they're not leashed to their devices in the same way that we are because that's something you know uh with with a little girl at home who's who's asking for the ipad you know now she's old enough to say ipad and yeah. uh, and there is that feeling that we are that that we're not using them maybe uh, for our own benefit, we're using them more as because we're sort of, you know, addicted to them in a way. And it's cool to think of other cultures that 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 aren't doing this. And it gives gives us hope for for our own that we can kind of put these devices back in their place a little bit. Yeah, well, I just think if I was Machiavellian, I don't think that anybody could have done this better. Go to a Starbucks. You have ten people in line. Nobody's talking to each other. They're all on their mobile device. And I, you know, and they don't, I, I talk about that. You need to have an attitude of engagement because you don't know whether that barista's mother is the president of a bank and just wants her daughter to have a real world working experience, you know, and you don't know whether the person in front of you or in the back of you, what they do, but you know, we're all leash, you know, everybody's on the leash. They're all lemmings and, uh, they could ease. That's why people fall through in, you know, into manhole covers, <laughs> you know, yeah. it, <laughs> And, it's, and, and you're talking about a guy who's on his phone all the time, but 
sometimes you do need to put it down. I, I was just walking to work this morning, and this guy uh, who plays on a sports team with me just sent me a text message saying, stop texting and walking, because I was texting my wife as I was walking, and I apologized. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess. And he's like, oh, he's like, well, I guess I was texting and driving. So he was texting me while I'm walking and chastising me for texting and walking while he's texting and driving. That was yeah. the, Dave, no. if you're listening, you, sh- you shouldn't have done that. That's right. <laughs> so... Uh, uh, this is something I didn't bring up in our in, a, in our little pre-interview, but I was just curious. You know, I I've um, have some friends that have been in the in the agency game, and you you've been in it, working uh, you know with with six floors of creatives, and I'm sure there was some good parties. I'm sure there was lots of adventure. Do you have any agency stories that uh you could that 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 are uh, you could regale me with on, on the MobyCast? I will tell you one. Right. So I'm working on Kellogg's. I'm at JWT. We're going to fly to Battle Creek. And I'm with a couple of uh, creative guys, really smart creative guys, good suits, nicely dressed. And they're sitting in the back of the plane because those are the days when you could smoke in a plane. And it's very small. It was a small plane, right? And so we had one stop somewhere in South Bend or somewhere. And then we're going to Battle Creek. And then I land in Battle Creek. I'm in the front of the plane. I look, and they got off in South Bend. <laughs> and I'm going, okay, I got to phone the client now. Uh, There's no cell phones. I got to phone the client. What do I tell them? You know, they've got all the marketing people. I think we had the president of the company lined up, and I got no creative people. So that was kind of, uh, uh, you know, it, it's a story about creative people too, you know. <laughs> their heads are in the clouds there they didn't quite quite realize where they were they didn't realize where they were so that was uh kind of I, that one popped into my head oh but, that's funny that reminds yeah. me of a story i was uh my wife and i were going to panama several years ago and we booked a cheap flight and we got to the airport at 5 a.m in the morning and they said okay your ticket is booked through to panama city florida and <laughs> so we had to spend two days in airports getting back to panama city panama uh, so yeah. we didn't end up on a bunch of unlicensed gator farms in uh, in Panama City, Florida, which apparently no one wants to go to. Yeah, well, that's funny. So I've been I'm a... I'm a creative uh, type too, so maybe uh, maybe the blame is with me. So well, go ahead. I was gonna say, uh, so a big part of your business now is our agency reviews. I was curious, what goes into a good agency review? Oh, it varies by year. You know, it's not a big part; it's a part. You know, and uh, and. I, but I've done some great reviews for Jenny Craig, Jacuzzi, Villaroy and Bach, Rayleigh Supermarkets, Toil Tires. So I've done them for, you know, n- nice companies. But you know what? And, and thankfully, you know, I, you know, agency relationships are getting shorter, but clients don't do, do an agency review every day. Because, you know, clients don't think about advertising every day. They think about the price of oil, distribution, hiring people, politics. What their daughter's soccer game, you know. So, uh, you know, eighty percent of clients do their own reviews very poorly, and then they don't do them that often. And as you move to digital, uh, you know, if you're going to do an app, you're not going to do an agency review for an app. Maybe if you're American Airlines or something, you might, but you probably aren't. But what goes into a review is generally I use a structured process because. Every review is different, and sometimes agencies come to me and say, I want to be on your list. 
Well, there is no lisp because I don't want to look like a buffoon. You know, <laughs> you know, Jenny Craig's uh, Jenny Craig's criteria were experience to uh, in marketing to women, direct response, and experience with uh, celebrities. <laughs> uh, Jacuzzi's uh, issues were about funnel management, lead generation, automated marketing. Totally different skill sets, right? Yeah. And yeah, you know, so you don't call a carpenter in when you want plumbing done, you know. So all agencies are different. Every review is different. But I generally use an RFP process. I send it out to an, a long list of agencies. And why long? Because <laughs> I have a CD called Why Agencies Don't Want Review. Many don't see the RFP. It goes into their spam folder. Many agencies go, are skeptical about it. And, you know, pick a, uh, when I get their RF, when I get the RFP, but generally, uh, and because you're only, if you don't do something once every 10 years, if you're a really steward of the brand, which I was trained to be, no matter what you worked on, you were lucky to sit back there. You know, if you're a steward of the brand and that brand's going to, is a 50 year old brand, you want to make sure you're doing due diligence as a steward of the brand. And so, you know, go to a long list, and then generally we get a medium list that we go in for a chemistry check. And and my RFPs are three pages long. They're not like 50-page documents. And when you go into for the chemistry check, <clears throat> generally I give the agency a problem because in the end it's all about thinking and it's about chemistry. And then, you know, generally select a couple agencies for final presentations. And what what wins new business for agencies are experiences important for clients because it you know gives them uh, some comfort. Definitely uh, sweat equity, and you'll see some agencies go through the regular capabilities and and they're just doing advertising, and some agencies really go over and above. Because you see, age, new business has got nothing to do about ad, uh, advertising. New business is the pursuit of a new lover. And uh, advertising is about being married. <laughs> and they're totally different things. And then the other thing that's very important after sweat equity and experience is chemistry. And that you only get by meeting the people and hearing them talk, whether they're articulate, their passion for the brand, their connection to the brand so those are you know what comes up so i i i like doing them um uh, and um and i you know I, I generally do a couple a year and so um and it's good because i meet a lot of different agencies that way and uh and and so there i i enjoy it because i see the client's perspective and I came from the agency world where I had the agency's perspective. And I have both visions. I walk on both sides of the street. And clients have the same, have a lot of challenges these days. They're under-resourced, right? <laughs> and they have to show ROI much more. That's why they embraced digital, because it really has the, all the metrics you want, but probably too many metrics. Definitely. Then, yeah. Well, you know, like, you, you know, there's dashboards and then there's, holy smokes, overwhelming data, you know, and making sense of it all, you know, it's like 
you know, it's reading the tea leaves, not just coming up with the tea leaves. That's what's key. You know, making facts, using the facts to give you actionable um, programs or tactics that are going to move the needle. So there's challenges on both sides, but so that's yeah. how I'd answer that. That sounds uh, that sounds pretty interesting and very cool to be able to walk on both sides. I enjoyed your metaphor as well of uh, the the lover versus a marriage versus uh, a pursuit. That's that's definitely something that that that, that rings true as well. It, um, you know, it's a, if you're walking through the motions, you know, and you pull out your pull up, you show your regular capabilities, you know, that you said no, you prepared nothing for. And then you walk into the next agency and they and the entire room has got pictures of the interiors of your of your stores or, you know, I, I had people when I did Jenny Craig at one agency, they all went on the Jenny Craig diet. Hmm. You know, I would just think how powerful that is when you tell the client that, you know, they and that's commitment and that's build, you know, and that gets a dialogue going for sure. Yeah, so it's totally different. And uh, not that you can't keep your marriage invigorated if you treat it like a, you know, that's why they have analogies. It's a date night, right? You try yeah. to add the spark. And then you go to some events and it's like speed dating. Right. <laughs> Just you have 30 seconds to impress. That's right. 30, that's, 30. Uh, that's not as good. <laughs> so we have a lot of listeners on this podcast, uh, young marketers, yeah, young, generally performance marketers. We have a lot of performance marketers listening to this show. Uh, what if, you know, generally these guys are working uh, for themselves or working in their in small agencies. If they ever really wanted to go full, you know, whole hog into the agency world, what, what advice would you have for them about how to go about getting uh, meaningful work in a, in a sort of an established agency? Well, um, I don't know if I'd go to an established agency. You know, I, let me give you a, par a parallel thought, okay? And I work w a lot with young people. You know, my videos are done by on YouTube are done by a 27-year-old with a, a degree from USC Cinematography School of Cinematography. Shoots my videos on a red cam using the iPad, his uh, teleprompter, and controlling the speed with an app on his phone. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, so and I ha when I speak on campus, I have. Uh, and one of my best read blogs is why young people shouldn't get a job because the workforce is totally different now. You're going to have 15 jobs. So if I was going to go and I was going to start an advertising career, definitely digital, definitely digital. Definitely. You know, and it could be direct response, automated marketing, direct response, like automated marketing, you know, where clients want ROI and branding. Some agencies are doing it there. But if somebody said to me, hey, I want to put you on an account, you're going to work on this, you know, this, you know, uh, real estate developer, and they only do newspaper ads, <laughs> I'd walk out the door, right? You're not gonna... What are you going to learn there that's applicable, really, for the rest of your career, maybe, eh? Yeah. And I think the other thing is it's important. I think it's great. You know, it plays into that way. Young people shouldn't get a job. I've read statistics that 25 or 45% of people – you know that our seniors don't want to get, don't want to work for anybody. They want to do their own thing. They've seen the Zuckerbergs of the world. Many of them are enrolled in th entrepreneurship classes because they want to do their own thing. So, but you know what? Uh, here, there's some things that are still true. The bigger the agency, the more well-known the agency, not necessarily bigger. 
because there are agencies that are destination creative agencies, you know, but uh, the, you know, the well-known brand. So, you know, uh, Razorfish is going to be known, you know, Droga 5, you know, J. Walter Thompson for sure, you know, versus, you know, Be Light Interactive. Because if you're going to establish a career and don't want to be an entrepreneur, you have to think about the next job. And when you go in and have the interview, you want to have the person recognize the agency and know it's got some cachet and it trains well. And, you know, and it's the same thing if you work on the client side. It's better to work on a national brand or a strong regional brand than, you know, a brand that is tiny and nobody's even heard of the brand. You don't even know. You don't know if, it, if it's a med device or a coffee brand. <laughs> you know, you, you have no clue. So, um, you know, that's kind of my advice. And then the other thing is, it's not about your resume. Uh, it's about it's about your online branding. And I tell people, young people, here's what you should do. You should have your own website, register your own domain name for sure. You should have your own business cards, even if you work for somebody else, because in reality, you work for yourself. And, and, uh, and I, you know, and I say, tell people under their brand name, they should send out blogs. And if they don't blog, they can send out articles from, you know, respected mediums, whatever they are, you know, with useful information. And if they want to blog about the hockey scores or tweet about that, then they should get hockey fans or something, you know, a name like that. But if anything under your brand name, you don't tweet, you don't tweet litter or you don't tweet dribble you know i i if i you know that's and my situation's a little bit different because i am my business you know but i still think for young people when they get google you want that hr person don't forget the person that's gonna google them and find them often is hr very conservative and not very digitally savvy and so what you need to do is you have to impress them that you have pay, uh, presence. And um, so, you know what, even though the world is, I wrote a blog called, is this a good time for uh, young people to get into advertising? And I think it's an absolutely fantastic time. I say jump in with both feet. Why? The world is changing rapidly, rapidly. You know what? I just go, look at the iPhone. And I came from Canada. I, I grew up in Canada, like, you know, like you did. And I remember a Canadian that a lot of people haven't heard of, but, you know, uh, it was Marshall McLuhan. And he said, the world's a global village. Nobody knew what the hell he was talking about. He said that in the mid-70s? Oh, Yeah. You know, in the 80s, too. Yeah. No, oh yeah, late 70s, early 80s, because yeah. I remember he was an influence. And, you know, I learned about him in college. That's where I first heard about him at Western. So he said the world's a global village. My college roommate that I still talk to from that time, his two kids live in Shanghai. He, and he's, they've been there for 10 years. He was absolutely right. China had a hiccup economically. The stock market went down a 1,000 points over here. We are a global village. Then he also predicted things like print is, uh, a TV is hot and print is cool. <laughs> Look at where newspapers are today. 
And uh, and uh, the irony about him is uh, he was a middle middle evil historian, but he was able to predict all these uh, just the future and that things have changed rapidly. But it might have taken thirty years to implement his change. Now that would take ten years. You look at uh, everybody's got a smartphone. Yeah. Uh, you look at the uh, iPhone that was introduced in two thousand and seven, eight years ago. Not even a decade. They announced the new iPad, larger one with a cursor today. You know, not even a decade. There's six versions of this phone, probably more. There's iPads galore. So you just think about how much technology's changed and how rapidly it changes. You know, and 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 this is in eight years. And then the other thing that has really changed rapidly is the economy. The recession, this great recession, influenced people dramatically. Even old, you know what? Even people that were affluent stopped spending. America never stopped spending before. That changed all our buying behaviors. That helped the internet because online buying for price price things. And you look how it's the sharing economy. Look how it millennials how it influenced them. Lower incidence of owning homes. Don't want to live in the suburbs. Don't want to have a car. I want to go to the corner and have a and, and pick up the car and have it for a couple hours. Don't even need to have a a, 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 a bicycle because I can go down to the corner and get a bike, and not, and just drop it off. And the way that they, you know, they're, uh, you know, they're, if you, you know, you, and it isn't with them. It isn't wealth accumulation. It's it's uh, it's a different kind. It's as much social currency as it is financial currency. That there are their measures. So you had that. You had that recession that changed behavior. And it's the same way, you know, when you used to read about people that grew up in the internet and how they uh, grew up in the depression, how they approached money. There will be a, there is a, a legacy of that, how we all do, you know, and now things have bounced back, but people are different. People are different. And the other thing that happened, not only you had technology changing, you had the economy changing, but then the third trend was the explosion of social media at this time. Just think about how many people 10 years ago were using LinkedIn to find a job. You know, and I, t- I speak often to groups about networking. And, you know, you can go to a group where a person's had a job for 10 years and you ask them and they lost and they, you know, they're in transition now. They, you ask them, how did you find your last job? And they'll tell you just 10 years ago, I found it in a newspaper. Now, if you told somebody I'm looking for a, a job in the newspaper, they would think that you're from Mars. Just yeah, ten years. Ten years. Image of someone, yeah, scouring a newspaper with a red pencil and circling things. That, you know, uh, that just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. So we've had these three monumental things, which were huge change agents. But advertising has always been about change. When I grew up in Canada, at which it was a phenomenal experience, you were there, right? Yeah. It, you're there. And you know what? I could go 200 miles north of Toronto, and I'm not 100. 200 miles north of Toronto, there'd be no electricity still in some of the rural areas because you go to college country and you had lamps at night. 
and there wouldn't be telephone service. Now, if you'd had that no electricity, no telephone service, you could probably sell it as a $400 a night detox vacation. <laughs> but when I left, when I left, you know, maybe 20 years after that, Canada had 80% cable penetration. And I went to a very sophisticated agency, JWT, on the cusp, always new trends. And they were saying, well, we have 45% cable penetration and people had antennas in their houses. And we, that wasn't the case so much in Canada. We're kind of, we had, you know, we had cable. And so we were used to lots of cable channels or more cable channels. And so cable was the first change. And you know what? There's always change. Look, people think that people thought television was going to kill radio. When I jog in the morning, I have a CBC app on my i on my smartphone, my iPhone, and I'm listening to it, and I can adjust uh, what station I listen to by time zone, or go into their podcast and hear something from yesterday. Yep. You know, it's 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 totally different, and ra and radio's still around. You know, you, you can say Pandora and Spotify are radio. It's just evolved you know? a little bit. Yeah, it just evolves differently. It's a different twist on them. So this is a, a great time because with change comes opportunity. But you have to be current. If, you, if you're selling things from your rearview mirror or looking in the rearview and say, oh, you've got to be looking forward. You've got to be finding things that are coming up. And anything digital, you have to have great digital chops great digital chops. That doesn't mean you have to do it. You don't have to do selfie videos. You can find plenty of resources around you, but you need to have a presence out there. That is some great advice from Hank Blank. Thank you very much for coming on the, uh, the program today, Hank. How can people find you if they okay. want to track down your videos and connect with you on social media? Well, I'm pretty easy. Google Hank Blank and you won't have any trouble finding me. Great, yeah. I, I was looking on your YouTube channel, so definitely check him out on YouTube. He's got so much, uh, so much great information there, and it's cool to hear a little bit about how those videos are made because they're very professional looking, uh, and it's all very, very cool that you're able to uh, sort of connect with a young up and coming filmmaker there in order to, to make these. Well, you've got things you trade off, right? They've got ex they they have expertise but no experience or, or not as much of a network. So I trade that for that, right? It's the sharing economy. All over again, it has come full circle. Nice. It is. Thanks again, Hank. And uh, Pleasure. Yeah, very much pleasure. I look forward to meeting up with you again in the future. And I think we have a few things to discuss after the MobiCast. Yes, we will. Take okay. care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.